0: In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of so you want to be a photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the very talented Gina Militia. How are you, Gina?
2: I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to this week? Oh my God, I'm so proud of myself at the moment. Why? (laughs) I reckon I did. The MacGyver of the decade. Okay. It's a big call.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. What, What did you MacGyver?
2: So, I was uh, photographing a race car driver. Now, it's not Formula One. It's the one under it. I think it's like V2. So, like, you know, obviously I'm not a car fanatic, but it's one of those, you know, race car looking things. And I had to (laughs) – I have a boom stand, which is basically uh, what that does. It allows you to fit a light – um, on it at a tee kind of thing so that you're not the stand isn't in the way of your shot and yes. that's what I usually use when I'm using this particular setup that I was going to use but I forgot to bring it I didn't you have forgot a, to bring the boom kit. yes because it's really heavy oh. and it's just like yeah I'm not sure where I don't even know where it is so <laughs> I get to the gig and I'm like I need a boom and <gasps> I don't have one I'm a guy with one how with what I made two stands, so there's, I've got my main stand and then I made the T with another light stand, okay, and then the problem is you've got to counterbalance the light because what happens is if you've got a light extending out on the boom, it's going to fall over, so you've got to put a weight around the bottom of the light and then you've got to have a counterweight at the top to hold the light in balance. And so what I did for the counterweight, we were shooting in this big factory, right? Mm. I found some chains <laughs> and I wrapped them in a in a towel and used those. They were my weights for, for around the bottom of the light. Oh. And then at the top of the light, I actually had um, ha- um, hand weights in my car. Why? And it, <laughs> I don't know. I just had them, and I remember finding them, and I remember going, I, "I'm going to put these in my car because one day they're going to come in handy." Oh my <laughs> that goodness. was my thought process, and so because I've got a big car and it's just full of gear constantly yes. because I don't like loading and unloading gear. So, like, whenever I pick people up from the important things, it's like there's nowhere to put their bags. Yeah. So, so I've yes. been there. <laughs> so I've I've used these hand weights, and they're a perfect weight to counter the the thing. And so I'm so proud of myself.
1: Oh, my goodness. And I see you have – you're so proud that you've taken a photo of the setup and put it in the show notes. So we'll make sure that this is in the show notes. And I can see now from this picture that – the T bar is actually another light stand with all yeah. the legs and everything, but obviously yeah. pulled down. And you've got the hand weights there. Oh my goodness! I mean, yeah. it's no wonder that it's actually easy for you to MacGyver because I swear to God, your car is very large and yeah. uh, contains everything but the kitchen everything. sink. And um, Gina yeah. has picked me up from the airport in the past, and I have—I <laughs> barely fit in the car because the front passenger seat is so is pushed so far forward that my knees are up to my chin. And my face is practically up to the windscreen. That's how far forward I have to be sitting because the <laughs> car is full. Oh, okay, well, you know, very good MacGyver, Gina.
2: I'm so proud of that. I really am. Anyway, I reckon, yeah, MacGyver of the decade.
1: Well, I have not been MacGyvering. In what? about exciting as my life got this week was the aircon broke down, and I rang oh, the yeah, and I rang the aircon man, and he fixed it. I didn't try to MacGyver it at all. You know, I'm just not
2: built that way. (laughs) So it's fixed now. It's all good.
1: It is fixed now. It is running very smoothly, and um, I'm not hot
2: anymore. So so happiness, because you couldn't cope in the stinking hot, hey. No,
1: I wasn't coping. But we have <laughs> to say thank you to all of you who have been listening to the podcast and have emailed us. Really appreciate it. Yes. They have been coming from all over the world, which it's has been awesome. really awesome. So a couple that you wanted to mention, Gina?
2: Yeah, so uh, Michael Dodge, and I don't know where he's from, but I love this, and he says, thanks so much for the podcast. I've quite enjoyed the episodes to which I've listened to so much that I fear that I've subconsciously adopted an Australian accent. People probably think I'm imitating my own my old rugby coach. I look forward to hearing more episodes. I love that.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you, Michael. Well, you're an honorary Australian then. Yep. Yeah. And we have Ron, who is from Miami, and he's a photographer specializing in music and portraits and event photography. And what did he say?
2: Well, he actually uh, sent me a tweet um, based on the show that we talked about um, photographing difficult people. And he was talking about how he was um, shooting with an LA photographer, and one of the sets of parents were asked to leave the set, <laughs> and they didn't like the tone of the photographer. And so the dad wanted to fight him, and he had to get in between them and bust it up. So, uh-huh. you know, so the moral of the story is like, as a photographer, there's like, you've obviously got to be careful how how you talk to your uh, stage parents in asking them to leave because they're not always going to be that happy (laughs) about leaving the set. No, goodness (laughs)
1: me. And thank you for everyone who has sent us feedback and questions. We are definitely going to go through your questions in upcoming episodes. Uh, Some of them are fantastic questions and we know that a lot of people are going to benefit from them. So, in fact, this week we have chosen a question which uh, is from Gary from Mm. Atlanta, Georgia in the USA and Gary asks a great question uh because this is and I'm certain that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this answer because in fact this whole episode is almost structured around his answer so uh he just gives us a little bit of a um Introduction first, saying it just wanted to say what a great podcast you two are running. I've been listening to the first five episodes on my commute to work these past two days, and I'm so looking forward to your future episodes. Photography has been my passion for over five years, it's been my hobby mainly, but since mid 2014. I'm trying to get more serious into it. I took some online courses, went to local workshops to improve my photography skills. I, lo- I work a nine to six job and only have limited time to learn. However, my ultimate goal is to start a side business and start earning extra income in something I love doing. And I just know that Gary's question is going to resonate with so many people. Yeah. So Gary says, that comes to my question. For someone like myself who has a full-time job, what steps should I take to start a portrait photography business with zero clients and zero connections right now? I believe I have a pretty good foundation in photography and I like to shoot all all kinds of things, but lately I'm starting to like portrait photography. Uh, Perhaps I can even do location sessions for families at a park or high school senior photo sessions or engagement pictures without too much actual experience. What is your advice? Uh, I'm beginning to ask my friends to be my practice models, which is great, Gary. Hopefully, that's a good start and your help will be greatly appreciated. So, this is a wonderful question, Gary, because it segues perfectly into exactly what this episode is about. So, because, you know, I come across so many people who are in Gary's situation. I can, oh, I I can count so many of them Mm. in my contact list and they have full-time jobs and they're actually really good at photography because they've Mm. started this on the side and they've become really into it. They're just so passionate about it. Every, all of their spare minutes are dedicated to it. But the reality is that they have a full-time job and it's, they're finding it difficult or they don't know what to do or they're scared and that's yep. the biggest part to yep. make that transition into giving photography more bandwidth in their lives. Mm. So, I mean, that's a broad question, Gina, but where where, uh, where, where sh- can you start on that?
2: Yeah, all right. Well, I just want to make... Um, just note that the following information applies to anyone who wants to, if you either want to jump in and, and become a full-time photographer or like Gary, I think he wants to maintain that he keeps his full-time job but he wants it to be a side business, okay? Yeah. So, so, everyone can, can take this and either go on and then, you know, go on and to become full-time business or side business. So... The main thing everyone needs to remember, there isn't a right or wrong way to do this. It's, it's, it's the way that suits you, okay? And and we all have different ways of defining success. So your success in a business might be to have, you know, uh, a, a, a portrait studio that's fully booked, you know, day in, day out and, and that's how you see it. Or it might be that mm. it's something a little bit smaller and or, you know, that there's there's all different manners of, of, of success and that, and that's defined by you. I guess. Yes. Um, so some people will go out and do um, you know all the courses that they need to do. They'll they'll get a business plan together. They'll have bank loans ready to go, and um, you know they they do all that stuff that they need to do. And there's others that just like start and make the rest up as they go along. It doesn't yeah. matter. You'll still get to the end in the same way, I believe. Now I was I did the latter. Um, I started and I made it up as I I went along. Um, And as you said, this is the main reason stopping people is fear. Yeah. And you break down fear, false evidence appearing real, okay? Mm -hmm. So most of the stuff you make up of what could happen, what could go wrong, is the stuff that's stopping you (laughs) from taking that leap, okay? Yeah. So... People are always waiting for their ducks to line up, you know, I've got to have so much money in the bank, I've got to be in this place in my life, I've got to be living in the right place or all of that before I start the business and they're all just excuses and, you know, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You could have started like, you know, years ago. So, um, the best quote I've ever read that applies to this um, is by someone called Napoleon Hill. And he says, do not wait, the time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools will be found as you go along.
1: Mm. And of course, Napoleon Hill wrote that fantastic book, Think and Grow Rich, which yep. is a Bible for many business owners, yep. so that's, absolutely, that's a great quote.
2: So, make that decision and then commit to it is the first thing that you need to do. So. When I decided to become a photographer, the first thing I went out and did, and it was like it was symbolic really, I Mm. went and got cards made and they printed Gina Militia and underneath photographer, Mm. right? And that just to me said I'm real about this. Yeah. I started with a basic SLR kit. It was a borrowed, a cheap zoom lens and um, I worked in daylight hours because I I didn't have the lights or anything And, and, you know, that's that's how I started. Mm. I had a folio. It was basic. I, 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 at some point I need to post what my first folio looked like because, you know, people think that, oh, my God, the folio needs to be amazing. It's not. It's just start. Get the word out there, you know. So the first thing you need to do is make that decision and commit to it, mm. Okay. I am a photographer, not I'm going to be, I'm training to be, mm. I will be one day when I quit my full-time job. No, commit. I am a photographer, okay? That That's that first, uh, like that's the main hurdle, I think. The rest you can do, it's easy. Mm. Um, The next thing, I think this is really important that you do make it official. What so do you, you mean reg- by official? Well, well, register a business name, right?
1: But when you mean a business name, do you mean like, Google or what's wrong with Gina Militia?
2: Well, as in, yes, but register like, you know, with the the relevant laws in your country, register for tax and all of the, like, like do all the right things that you register a, a proper business name It's so that you can trade as a business.
1: But do you mean their name, Gina Militia, or do you think it's important to actually have a different name? I don't. I personally
2: think you should trade as your own name rather than some other business name. Okay, so to
1: be clear... Um, if you're in Australia, you should register and get an, Austral- an ABN, an Australian yes. business number. So that's yep. not actually registering your name unless you no. actually choose to operate uh, under a name that's not your own. Yep. Um, that's getting, you know, your Australian business number. So it's registering your business, not necessarily registering your name, but registering your business for tax purposes. Yep. So if you're in the States or in the UK or another country, um, it's just making sure that you go to the right government department and do yep. what it takes in terms of yep. registering your business.
2: Yes. And and that makes it all official and it's not going to be something that you do on the side without worrying about all those things. I think the other important thing is to make sure that you get insurance cover to cover things like public liability and loss of damage of your gear, even oh, if you yes. only have a small one camera and one lens. Like insurance is relatively cheap compared to the cost of losing that stuff or someone tripping on your property and suing you and then, you know, it could be a lot more costly in the end. So it's like driving a car. You're not going to drive a car unless you have insurance Don't try and start a business unless you cover your, protect yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember even when I first, I got my first ever fancy SLR, I I insured that anyway. (laughs) You know, I didn't even make money as a photographer, but I made sure I insured it because even though I didn't necessarily rely on it, I did use it for, you know, a few jobs. So, yeah, insurance is important.
2: And then investing in um, some accounting software as well. So it's just like all links in. um, So make sure that you've got all of that and that you, you know, when it comes time to – it might be a while before you actually get a paid job, but when you do start invoicing, you're doing it all properly from the start and you're not playing catch-up down the track because that can get really messy as well. So there's actually some really good online software at the moment out there. There's quite a few different um, types that you can get So and it just makes it really easy at all, uh, links in with your bank accounts and it actually reduces the amount of um, bookkeeping that you have to do because they're just uh, really streamlined these days. And
1: which mechanic um, software do you use,
0: Gina? Well,
2: on? I reckon Xero uh, is a good one, so uh, worth investigating. And, and, you know, I have been guilty in the past of just storing drawing all my receipts in a massive paper box and then <laughs> handing it over to the bookkeeper who love that because they <laughs> just charge an arm and a leg to do that. So, you know, if you can be as organised as possible ahead of time, it's yes. just going to save you a lot of cost down the track.
1: Yeah. So, in our business, we use um, – uh, in one of my businesses, I use Zero, and we'll put the link in the show notes, and the other one, I use SASU, so two right. um, online account- uh, uh, online accounting software uh, platforms.
2: Yeah um next do your research so basically i think it's really important that you do know your camera and that you do um shoot every day and uh i know that when i wrote back to gary uh about this question that i I did set him some homework in the meantime and that that he does keep shooting every day because that is what's going to uh develop your style and increase your skill so the more you shoot the better you're going to get and so you mean practice Yes. Okay. Just even if you're not, if you don't have assignments, just continue to go out there and continue to hone your skills because you never stop learning. So the time that you think you know everything there is to know, that's when your business is going to start failing because it's like the minute people become complacent and they go, I know everything they need to do, their style remains the same and they become irrelevant. So it's really important. You know, I invest so much time, even today, more than I even did when I was starting in in continuing to learn new techniques and and keep updated about new styles of lighting uh, and post-production and everything that I need to know. So I think that's a continuing thing that you need to just keep developing and and honing your skills. But
1: when you say shoot every day, I mean, I could go out and shoot all day, but Mm. do you suggest that people have some kind of goal or challenge or thing that they want to achieve or just go out there and shoot, you know what I mean?
2: Well, I think if you're struggling to find – like I – I could I could shoot all day long and have a thousand different things that I want to shoot so you know if, if that's a struggle then maybe set yourself different goals and perhaps early on um, set yourself challenges like I'm going to shoot uh, and I did I think Gary I gave him some challenges as well so you know uh, go and shoot portraits if you want to be a portrait photographer and every day try and shoot in a different lighting setup so indoors outdoors backlit, open shade, full sun, try everything, every which way, try different angles above, below and really and then eventually you start to go, hey, I kind of actually like this lens, this style and, and and you'll really find what your thing is. The more you shoot, the better you get, mm. you know. So keep challenging yourself and, and keep, Setting yourself up with uh, lots of personal projects to keep shooting e- while you're waiting uh, for the phone to ring, and this is like, you know, you're you're still working your full time job. This is what you're doing weekends and after hours, and like this is when the good old phone comes in really handy because it really forces you to um, set up shots and 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 create images without all the bells and whistles. Mm. So it's like when I travel. I love using my iPhone to take shots because it's like it, 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 it gets rid of everything else and I'm just setting up these shots using it's like I think the the lens on an iPhone is like a 35mm. It's like, you know, just a little bit slightly wide and that's what I'm doing and just and trying to create nice shots with that. So, so I think that's what? really important.
1: I think that um, in the same way that you sort of gave some suggestions to Gary, if any listeners are out there and want to, you know, have a bit of a purpose to your photography, as in if you're, you're, you're still experimenting, you're still finding your own style and you're out there and you're doing what Gina is suggesting, like shooting on a regular basis, um, maybe how about for this week, let's set the theme for portraits. Yep. And so anyone who wants to take, you know, get out there and, and take some portraits, put it on Twitter or Instagram, yep. but use the hashtag. Gina Challenge. So, one yeah. word, Gina Challenge. And we will make sure that we see that as long as you use that hashtag and Gina will be able to um, have a look at those shots. Well, sure. I will too. But I think yeah, yeah. that it's, you know, particularly useful if, if Gina has a look at your shots. So, yeah, any kind of portrait of, uh, you know, a human or, well, or, or, a, a, furry. A, or a furry pet, which is what I'm going to do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah, just upload it onto Instagram or Twitter and put hashtag Gina challenge and that'd be really fun I think and we can that'd all be look great. at each other's.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what everyone comes up with. That that'd be exciting. So yeah, so so really challenge yourself every day and that's really important and you would be surprised at how much your work's going to improve in a really short amount of time if you just dedicate that, I don't know, half hour, hour every day to just shooting. and reviewing and shooting and reviewing, okay? So if
1: you have the time, shoot every day. But, you know, even if you upload just one or two portraits this week, that'd be great and we'll have a different theme
2: next week. Sure. Um, some other things uh, in terms of research is there's some really great uh, books that are worth reading to uh, not only educate you but to also inspire you. Now, we, we mentioned uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's actually written like 100 years ago. Mm, okay. About. It's not for everyone. So if you start reading it and you're going, this is a bit woo-woo for my liking, then maybe (laughs) let it go because I'm a bit woo woo and out there. I think if everyone hasn't worked that out yet, you will wait. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great book. I've pulled out so many great quotes and I find it really inspiring. Um, Another one, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, This is a gem, this book. And again, I reckon this was written in the 50s. And this tells you how to deal with people, and it's mm. it's just a really good. And and it's like you know his main mantra is um, to uh, really uh, be interested rather than interesting when you're talking to someone and it actually, you take his advice, it it does change the way you uh, relate to people and I think it's really, really effective. The other one, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a good one. The Alchemist as well and and, and this is uh, like uh, a great story to read but also very inspiring. The other thing I love reading uh, biographies, Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity is Mm. fantastic. Uh, It's got nothing to do with losing his virginity, unfortunately, in there. But it's like it's all the stories of how he uh, grew his business. It's Mm. so inspiring. And I also love reading uh, lots of other people who have, you know, maybe struggled along the way and then found success. That, to me, finding out what everyone's story is, that's what kept me going when I was starting my business. Mm. Um, Seth Godin's The Dip, great book. uh, Outliers... Malcolm Gladwell's got my one of my all-time favourite quotes in it and I might put it in the show notes or I'll po- I might post it on Facebook again. I think it's time to bust that quote out. Are you going to share it with us? I, it's too long, Valerie. Okay. It's like it's, it's really, really long. But it's it's uh, it's I've put it in in my books before. It's one of the most inspiring quotes for any artist. It just really touches you. you go, oh my god, that's how I feel. That's okay, how I feel. Okay, you have to
1: stop teasing I, us, because But I, I want to know it now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and then there's this other there's this other writer. Uh, she's written this great book. Uh, you might have heard <laughs> of her. Her name's Valerie Koo. <laughs> 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 She's written this great book power stories and it's awesome.
1: Thanks for the shout out, Gina. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is a great book though, Val, and it's uh, really inspiring and I think that's good to, 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 to know you're elevated. It, it's just a really good book to uh, when you're coming up through the ranks and how to network and how to sell yourself and uh, a must read, I think, for anyone starting a business.
1: And the photo on the cover has been taken by Gina. Oh yes! <laughs> yes well. So c-
2: clearly, that makes it even better. Now, um, not everyone loves or has time to read these days, and that's like I'm. I'm like that too. It gets to the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I mm. might read three lines, and I'm I'm fast asleep. So, mm. a great way to to get all of my reading in is I've I've joined uh, audible.com. Oh yeah, ten bucks a month. Great, and I think you get two books. Uh, you can download two books for that and then I can listen to them and multitask. So it's like when I'm dry, I do a lot of driving so mm. I can get booked in and sometimes I just turn them on and listen to a couple of chapters as I'm falling asleep <laughs> and uh, or in the shower or any time I've got downtime. That's how I get all my books in, walking, all of that. So if you don't want to read, I think that's a good way. I've read so many books that way. It's, yeah. it's just a really handy way.
1: I've been. I um, was listening to an audio book once, and it was so absorbing. And was actually, um, oh, it was a, it was some kind of uh, biography on Steve Jobs. And I started walking because all I wanted to do was go to the shops and buy some butter. <laughs> and. Uh, Four hours later, like we're halfway across Sydney, still walking. I had to find my closest friend and just say, "Oh, can I just come in? And I'm gonna like get a cab back because I can't walk anymore."
2: Yeah, it's it's the best thing ever. I I, I yeah. love audio books, and, and they really make you you walk because you you don't want to stop listening. You just need to keep going. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, Next on the list, I think this is really important and this is the best way to fast-track your business mm. is find a mentor.
1: Uh, so the biggest question people are going to be asking is how in the world do they find a mentor?
2: Well, Val, um, have you got anything to say about this? Because you, you, you'd be a, a bit of an expert about finding mentors. What, 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 what do you think is the best way to find a mentor?
1: I guess it depends on... Um The kind of photography that you want and stuff like Mm. that. But one thing I do acknowledge is that it is hard and intimidating, in a sense, to find someone and say, "Hey, will you be my mentor?" Yeah. So if you are intimidated by that in the first instance, and you'll get less and less intimidated by that as time goes on, but if you are intimidated by that, then just remember that you don't necessarily have to have a mentor. Uh, that you meet face to face, or that you even know, or you even who even knows who you are, you can some you in a sense, you can pick somebody who is a role model who is doing photography in a style that you really love or writing or, 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 you know, shooting for publications or jobs that you aspire to, and follow what they do. You know what I mean? So kind of like, online stalk them in a sense and subscribe to their newsletter you know follow them on twitter look at their instagram feed Mm. see how they do things yeah if if, even if they're super famous and the chances of them actually becoming your personal you know one-on-one mentor of ridiculously slim you can still learn so much from somebody if you study them Yep. So, at the very beginning, if you're too scared to ask anyone anything, study what someone
2: does. Model
1: yep. yourself after what
2: they do. Yeah. Great idea. And then, you know, it, you can have all sorts of different mentors in, in your life as well. So, it doesn't necessarily have to be it, even someone in business. Yes. Might be able to help you and offer you some advice. And I know what I used to do coming up is is whenever I met anyone who was in business, I asked them their story because it's like I I had a great deal of trouble dealing with the, the struggle in the early years. It's like, you know, when's my break going to come? When's my break going to come? And thinking that you're the only one that's going through that time, mm. you know, that transition time. And so it really helped me to whenever I met someone in business, I'd say, tell me your story and they would they're all people are really generous about their story and I would always say you know well how long was it like this and and did and was it hand to mouth for a little while and what did you do and what was that like and you know and then you'd see well wow they're successful now and if they made it I can make it too and it really Mm. really helped me.
1: Did you at any point not think that the break would come?
2: Um no, I just kept backing myself, Val. I knew, I knew if I kept putting in the work, it would come. So why did you need to ask them? That's what helped me, just ask, continuing to ask them because I knew that it's like I, if, if I keep putting in the work, eventually mm. it's going to come.
1: Right. Great. Mm. Okay.
2: You? What, what's your question? Did you, did you ever wonder that you, you would get that break or, you know, go in the direction that you wanted to go?
1: Um, I guess no, because I kind of grew up in this bubble as an only child where kind of anything I wanted to do, <laughs> like, I just did. And so I just thought life was like that.
2: Oh my which, God. Which I, I said, was like, yeah, you never knew of like no for an answer. So you always got what everything you wanted.
1: Not everything. I, my mm. parents didn't buy me expensive things no, or things no. like that. You know what I mean? That yeah. Not from a material point yeah. of view, but I just... I guess I was really blessed in a sense because I just thought, oh, if you want to do X, you just do it. And yeah. and and that's and that was just what life was about. It wasn't until much later in life that I realized that, you know, the odds can be stacked against you yeah. in certain cases. And, you know, I've certainly been in situations where I've been really, really difficult, really, really challenging. But... Um, I guess because I had that grounding in thinking, well, it's always going to improve as long as you take the actions to improve. Yeah. Then um, it's – I was kind of lucky to be brought up with that mindset, I suppose.
2: Mm. That's great. I didn't quite have that mindset, so I had to develop it myself. So that was a a bit more of a challenge and I I, I think I did and um, I'm glad I did because it it helps you get through. And so – if you if it's not something that you have, reading all those books that I've listed will, will really help you in changing your mindset in, mm. into believing that because if you think you can, you probably can. If you think you can't, you can't. Yeah. You know, what you think is what you become.
1: Yeah. And I'll just also add to that book list, I think that anyone who wants to start a business, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber is a must. So, right. you know, please do. It's a very easy read as well. So please do read
2: that. Okay, cool. Um, All right. So, and then with a mentor, you you want to you want to if you can find someone who who'll be one on one. And there are ways to do it, like via online. You know, you can meet um, people who inspire you. You can ask them the question, and and if you can get someone to spend one to two hours a month with you. And just to answer all those questions, big help. It really is. So, like, I think finding a mentor is really important in speeding everything up. Uh, So, next on the list, trying to get as much industry experience as you can. So...
1: What do you mean by that as opposed to just shooting every day? So,
2: in in Gary's case, he is working full-time. And so he's going to have his uh, – and, and it's like nine till six, I think he said. So he's going to have his evenings free and his weekends. Right. Um, so I would suggest to him that he try to and, – and I know he wants to do portraits. So something that he, – he might like to approach, say, a, um, a portrait or a wedding photographer and offer up his services yeah. to come and, and intern. And, and maybe like two or three times just enough to see how other photographers work yeah. and then you know what that could turn into a mentoring relationship you know i know that all the assistants that work for me i can't help but mentor them you know yeah. it's just like i end up developing that kind of relationship and i'm happy to do that and i know that you know a lot of people in business are happy are happy to help people on the way you know coming through mm. so I think that that is crucial to, to starting out in business that you see how other people operate and not only do you be, can you learn all the great things that they do, you can also see all the not so great things yeah. that they do. Because one of the
1: great things about um, spending that time is that often we can glamorise a certain situation Mm. and when you are actually in it, you might intern or, you know, volunteer for a wedding photographer or some kind of photographer two or three times and after two or three times, you may actually discover, you know what, I really don't like this. I'm going to try this other kind of photography.
2: Exactly. And I found that out about food photography when I was there. (laughs) I was like after a day, I'm like, I never want to do this again, you know. And had Mm. I not had that experience, you know, maybe I'd be – probably not. I don't think I'd – nothing against food though, Mm. really. Um, Yeah, it just wasn't for you. It just wasn't for me. And um, so – it is good something, thing to
1: discover early on, of course. rather than you know going into it and then discovering years later. Oh my God, I've made the wrong choice.
2: Exactly, exactly. So, and and that's like a matter of uh, going through the phone book. Fine, not the, how old school is that? <laughs> the phone book. That's analog, isn't it? The phone book. There isn't even like Who you know that? it doesn't even exist. Is there <laughs> no. one? They don't exist anymore.
1: There's this thing. It's called Google.
2: <laughs> there's this thing called this new thing called the internet you get on that but
1: even if you don't do that go to um you know photography association events and networking yes. events and meet yes. photographers that way
2: yep and then and offer your services up and uh you know offer your services up for two three times but mm. after that If they want to work with you again, I think it's um, well within your rights to, you know, maybe say, well, can you pay me for this? Because you you need to be careful that people don't take advantage of you as well, so... um,
1: And you learn so much. I've been lucky enough (sighs) to to assist you just a couple of times and, you know, I'm not a very good assistant because basically I don't like to carry things.
2: No. But
1: but (laughs) I helped in other ways.
2: Yeah. (laughs) good capturing, Val. No one has captured... like you have set the bar so high with <laughs> captioning. I think I got an Excel spreadsheet, didn't I, when you captioned?
1: Yes, that's it right. It was
2: pretty impressive. So uh, what
1: Gina's referring to is that uh, I assisted Gina at, an, a, at a major event and there were a lot of, you know, big names and one of the things that we needed to do was uh, photograph a whole bunch of people but I had to caption all the shots. And so that I had to, you know, I had to write all their names down and make sure they were spelt correctly and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so yes that's my my career in captioning started and in fact I'll have you know that it's take it's gone in you know in by leaps and bounds since then because I was in LA not that long ago and I happened to be sitting with a paparazzi and lo and behold only a few uh you know uh, tables away was um Jeremy Pigeon Jeremy Piven, who plays Ari Gold, on mm, a favourite
2: of mine. On
1: and um, she did all the snapping. I did all the captioning. Oh. And <laughs> did you give go. her an
2: Excel spreadsheet?
1: <laughs> I just sent her a bunch of captions by email. It was okay, but she definitely used them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done.
1: <laughs> anyway, oh. uh, we digress. Mm. So, what's next on the list?
2: Okay, this is really important. Surround yourself with people who inspire you. So the minute you announce to your tribe, so the people that you hang with, family, friends, that you're going to do something that that threatens to leave the tribe, that's something that's different, okay, I'm becoming a photographer, everyone, and they're all well-meaning when they say this, is going to try and talk you out of it. Why do you want to be a photographer? It's so hard to do. Don't you want to stick to something? I got this. Why do I they want this to talk to you all the, the time? It? Why? Because they 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 well meaning but they just don't want to see you get hurt or or anything happen to you or that and and also the biggest reason, they feel threatened because the minute you are doing something to pursue your dreams, it reminds them that they're not doing that to pursue theirs so that they're, true. and so it makes them feel like they've failed. So every time they see you – and it's the same thing happens, you know, if um, – you see uh, someone who loses a lot of weight, mm. there's always there's always that friend that, that, that can't deal with it and he's always trying to like, you know, well, ha- ha- look at you now that you're all healthy. And it's mm. like it's, it's this thing that people do because whenever someone tries to better themselves – it always threatens other people. Yeah. So this is going to be that scenario and there are people that are going to be uncomfortable with you suddenly announcing that you want to do this and they're going to try and talk you out of it and, and every time you might have a, like uh, an experience that's not so positive, they'll, they'll say, well, I told you, it's really hard and you shouldn't be doing it and go back to your day job and why do you want to work so hard and all of that. So the workaround is just know that that's not about you that's about them and their insecurities and you know just uh, water off a duck's back whenever they they're giving you and just understand that they're doing it you know for, possibly for good reasons but but you know also because they they're also it's fear based
1: yes um i think and, it's important to that to remember that it's not because of your choice to be a photographer no. it's because of your choice that you are pursuing
2: your dream and it, yes Exactly. Mm. So uh, um, find those like-minded people who are going to support you. Mm. And so there's going to be like there's there's, there's photography meetups, there's online communities. The, the more you step into your power and head towards that dream, you're going to, you might lose a few friends, you're going to attract a whole lot more that are going to support you in that dream and so whenever, you know, something great happens, they're going to be your biggest cheer squad and whenever you have a down day, they're going to still be cheering for you and and give you that encouragement that you need and this is so important and it's like you can find that online and you can find that, you know, in friends that you surround yourself with. So, make sure that you've set up that that, that crew that's going to support you on this journey.
1: Mm. So, a lot of people also often ask whether they should, you know, go cold turkey, you know. Should mm. they quit their job so that they are literally forced <laughs> to make a living as yep. a photographer, you know, and sink or swim kind of thing? What's your advice on that?
2: Um, I think that when you're launching a business, I think the best way to do it is exactly the way that, that Gary's doing it and he's holding on to his job and he's going to keep his photography as a side job. What I did was I had a... Um, I worked full-time in an Italian restaurant for the first five years while I was building my business. And so uh, my hours of work were like from 5 o'clock at night till midnight and then I ran my business through the day. What this does... is it gives you... Oh,
1: so you were in the Italian restaurant at night.
2: It, I worked at night right. so that I could actually still do all my shoots oh. through the day. And so basically for for, for a little while I was like, because I had uh, rent at home and rent in the studio and so I, I knew that I could cover those. Uh, I knew my bills were always going to be covered. And so what happens that is, it takes away that desperate energy that you have if, if mm. you every job you get... You have to get it or you're not Mm. going to eat. When you're pitching for work, you're going to have this like there's a sense of desperation around it and people sense that. Yeah. They really do. And so it removes that and so that you know that you're relaxed and it's like, so if you don't get a job that week, that's okay. You'll be working on your folio and you'll be doing other stuff and you know that your bills are covered. Mm. And so what happens is you build the business slowly. You've Mm. got your night job and then you're working daytime, you're building, you'll get more and more clients and bit by bit you might have five days a week that you're, you you know, working, you might be able to drop it to four
0: Mm. and then
2: three and then two and then you might hang on to one day for a while and then eventually, and this is what I did, you know, I just kept working fewer and fewer hours in my side job until I, I built up the um, that the photography became my main um, source of income. Mm. The other the other great thing about that is you never know where your first break's going to come from. And and so like one of my biggest breaks in advertising came from. Um, and I'm not sure if I've told this story before, but one of the waitresses about was married. About the Schweppes. Yeah, was married to an art director, and mm. that's where I got my first um, commercial gig. So. Mm. It's another – keeping that job and, and, and we've got a friend who – Valerie Mutual friend who's, who's also managed to – like she's going out on her own now but she's using like um, her old, old sort of uh, work as a source of finding new clients, mm-hmm. you know. That's where she's, she's going to first. So that, that is a great way to sort of, you know, build and, and, and safely – without having to, to, to really put yourself under too much pressure.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that the stepped approach is is definitely works, um, you know, transition slowly. And for anyone who's thinking, but, you know, I don't have a restaurant job, I, I can't, you know, yep. do my photography in the day and mm. work in the night, you know, I've got a nine to five job. Yep. Well, absolutely, you've got weekends, so you yes. can have your nine to five or nine to yep. six job, yep. but there are so many opportunities to do photography on the weekends. In fact, there's probably more. Opportunities More. to yep. do photography on the weekends, so you're you're in a great place to be able to do that.
2: Yeah, and before the restaurant job, I actually worked. Uh, I had a uh, four month stint in a in a lab printing, and that was nine to five. Mm. And so I did uh, actors headshots and models headshot and models portfolios on weekends and after hours. Mm. Okay, and so that worked really well as well as a way to build your business so um yeah that's that's that works well uh so next step mm-hmm. have a folio with you at all times oh yeah, absolutely okay? yeah that's for sure, your, and then be passionate about your love of photography so so whenever. Whoever you're meeting and I'm not talking about sitting there and going, I'm the best things in sliced bread, check me out, look at me. Yeah. It's like it's just like you might be sitting next to someone on the, on the bus or, you know, um, getting into conversation with someone just accidentally. You don't know who your next client is going to be. Yeah. And so you're chatting and it's like, you know, chat, chat, chat. What do you do? Wow, I'm a photographer. I really love photographing flowers and airplanes, but I'm just getting into photographing people and, oh, wow, where can I see your work? Wow, oh, does it just so happens so I've got so, you know, 10 of my best here on my phone.
0: Mm. Flick,
2: flick, flick, flick. You know, and, and then you might have a little, um, there's so many different kinds of printed cards that you can get really cheaply. There's a few different companies and I'll, I'll actually put some links in the show. I think there's one called Moo where you can get like five different cards, yeah, cards. with different f- different photos on them and your details at the back. So, you can fan that out and go, okay, pick your five favorite shots mm. and you hand that over to, to the person that you've just met.
1: I think that while that's effective, MooCard, well any kind of business card is a really small mm. and I find it uh, not as powerful or impactful to look at them on these cards, even though mm. it's a great idea, I've, mm. and I've had many photographers hand me their cards in that fashion. I actually think that the um, I f- a phone folio, yeah, it's much easier to see. Yeah, and I have been far more impressed with um, shots that I've seen on the phone folio. And what yep. I suggest you do if you're going to put your f- um, photos on your phone to show people is do not go, oh yeah, I'll show you, and then go, hang on, I've and just got to search. And you the, spend the next five minutes searching watching, for your yeah. favorite can put them all in a very clear folder so yes. that they're immediately accessible yep. and you ch- can just go bang, 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 bang. In fact, you can hand, the, you're, you're comfortable, they're all in one folder, that you're comfortable enough to hand the phone over to me <laughs> so that I can just flick and I and you kn- know confidently that I'm only flicking through, you know, the the, the the shots that you're happy for me to see because they're all in that folder. Because so, God forbid that
2: don't <laughs> they just act, I hate that when people are looking through my photos yes. and then there's one of you and the dog and it's like you know <laughs> I didn't want you to see that that's that's embarrassing I know, you know? <laughs> separate them seriously exactly and but, and then but, but then what do you do afterwards would you have something that you could hand people like maybe a postcard or something that they can remember you by or
1: that, look you can if you want but I think in this day and age it's pretty easy to find people and get it in is. contact with people um, yeah definitely hand them something but the reality is that you know, if they seemed interested, you should get yep. their contact details and yeah. you should, you know, maybe tweet them or you should yep. drop them an email or something. Be yep. proactive about it. Don't reply. Yep. Don't just rely on them to,
2: you know, um, come to you. Okay. All right. So next, uh, find clients amongst your inner circle. So that this is the best place to find your first clients and this is something that Gary asked. is like, where am I going to find my clients? This is where you find them. Family. I would just like to
1: cut in here and say it, it's really disturbing. Um, Gary, I have to say, you may not know this, Gary, but...
2: He does know.
1: Gina's dog is Gary. He and knows. every time, okay, well, every time Gina talks about Gary, I'm thinking, why is Gary doing that? <laughs> he, he anyway.
2: You mentioned that he was a bit <laughs> uncomfortable about the fact that he's got the same name as <laughs> <to> my dog.
1: <laughs> okay, I digress. I'm sorry. You were saying, Gina.
2: Um. So... Find find your clients amongst your people first because the, the rule of business is people are going to come to you if they know you, like you, trust you, right? And so, you've already got that ready-made circle amongst people that you know. Um, and so, um, I use the acronym FRANK, which we've, we've talked about this before, but very quickly, friends, relatives, acquaintance, neighbours, kids, okay? Mm. So, you look within that group first. That's who you're pitching to. Um I think it's really important that you have a set rate that and you stick to that when you're when you're dealing with um, relatives who may be going well, you're a photographer, so this six expe- expectation that you do it for free mm. you know mm. but if I went to my cousin Dave's uh, lawnmower shop when I needed a new lawnmower <laughs> I' expect to get it for free why do you why do you have to give away your photography for free?
1: Do you have a cousin Dave with a <laughs> lawnmower shop? <laughs> 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 no, that's a really good example, and um, and, and another example is, and I think we've mentioned her on the podcast before, um, Cheryl who runs the blog Business Chic. Hello, Cheryl. Sure. Um, she, you know, a great example is that she had been working out of a co-working space that is run by a major Australian bank, uh, and that's where she was, you know, doing some work and. You know, meeting with some colleagues and stuff like that she, she's she's freelance uh, but as a result of that she subsequently got the gig for doing all of their corporate headshots
2: Yeah, so fantastic. you know start with
1: the people who are yeah. around you absolutely
2: Yep. yep. Um, so work in so school if you're involved in the school or if you're involved in other clubs like a local sporting club or y- there's all sorts of ways that you can get in there they know you and uh so important um I did uh, work for um, charities along the way as I was as I was starting out. So, and that is another way to uh, get yourself out there, um, and uh, it works really well. And like I started, I did a gig for someone, and was uh, the first gig I did was like it was a charity gig. They were very happy with it. Do you know what happened? What after that ch- shoot, she said, "I love what you do. I'm doing a book now." Um, thank you very much for your work, but, like, I want to pay you for this one. It actually turned into a $35,000 job, Val. Wow. All from a a charity job, yeah. So uh, that's the, you know, friends and family, so well worth it. Mm. Uh, Next, share your work. Share your work, use social media, Um, share stuff daily, engage, share, offer advice to other people, get your name out there as many places as you can. Val, you have any suggestions on the social media front? Well, I actually
1: have a question for you because this is specific to photography. Mm. I know that a lot of people often ask me this question and they say, but I'm a photographer, that's my IP, why should I be putting my – photographs out there for free on social media that other people might use them or nick them or whatever what are your thoughts on that?
2: Nick away, you know, it's like they're low res. They're not going to do anything with them. Um, I, I think um, get them out there and, uh, and and share them as much as possible because it's like that's how people are going to find out who you are. I'm, I'm anti people who put massive watermarks across the middle of their, their shots and I know that there's lots of editors who won't even look at photos if you've got those them, them watermarked. Um, if you worry about people stealing your stuff, um You know, there's plenty of other, you know, stuff out there that that people, it's just, I I don't even think it's worth worrying about. I mean, get your stuff out there and share it. That's why we're doing it as photographers and you want as many people looking at it as possible. I think it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, the reality is they would probably never be able to replicate that kind of look or whatever, even if they um, tried to pass off one of yours as theirs. Good luck to them.
2: It doesn't <laughs> matter. People are buying into, like, you know, your clients are coming for you. Yeah, it's not ex- even your, exactly. it's like you. They want you, not your photography, yeah. really. So, that's what you're selling. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the rest.
1: Yeah. And you make a really important point that your interaction and in your interpersonal relationships with the client is
2: is the thing that's going to do the deal in the end. Exactly. So we we the, you know your uniqueness is the most important asset that you have. We've got already got and had an Ansel Adams. We've had an Annie Leibovitz. We've had all of these. You know, be the one, be unique, and have a unique voice and a unique style, and that's what's going to attract your clients to you. Okay. What else? Um, Make friends with other photographers this is really important. The most important um, advice and techniques and um, that I've uh, learned over the years has been from um, from other has come from other photographers. so really make an effort in in networking and, and making friends and connecting with photographers all around the world because the stuff that they have to share is gold mm-hmm. okay um, as well as that make sure that you continue to shoot personal projects that inspire you all the time because that's what's going to keep you going because there's going to be times when if you just rely on client jobs to fill your folio, you're going to have a really generic looking folio. Okay, Mm. And that's not going to get you work your clients want to know who you are what your personality is and so it's all the other stuff that you need to have in your folio all the quirky stuff that makes you you that's what makes you stand out from the crowd so make sure that whatever inspires you all your passion projects do them regularly and don't let them go they are more important than anything because that's what keeps you fresh You know, really, really important.
1: And if you haven't given much thought to your folio, perhaps you're, you know, just sort of starting out, Then, and you're not even sure what kind of personal project that you want to undertake... You know, at the very least, just start with the challenge that we've put yeah. out. Each week, we're going to have a different theme. As, we, as we've said, this week, it's a portrait. So shoot a portrait of yeah. something or someone and hashtag it with Gina Challenge on Instagram or Twitter mm. and, um, you know, you, and start building your folio that way. After yes. 52 weeks, you know, you <laughs> may you may not like 40% of it, but that's yep. okay. The other 60%, you've got yeah. the start of your folio.
2: yeah, yeah. And yes, and then and then you will find that oh my god, if, like before before you know it, you go well. Here's my style; it's evolved. Exactly, and that's exactly what happens.
1: And if you join the challenge, you may get feedback from well, not only myself and Gina, but you may get feedback from other people. Yes, as well. So you can see which shots actually resonate with people, just people even in your own network, uh-huh. and you'll see what shots work with people and what shots don't get as many likes and that exactly. sort of thing. So you'll kind of start narrowing down which is which are the shots. of that work for you.
2: Yeah. So what else? Well, that brings me to my next uh, point, and that's to constantly seek constructive criticism yes. and learn for it. Now, it's all well and good that you know your fa- whenever you post a shot on Facebook, of course, all your family and friends are going to like it because they like you. Yes. So they're not they're liking the shot because they like you, you know. But you want to know what real professionals think about your work as well and how it stands up and how it stacks up against uh, other professionals around the world. So, you know, one of the greatest learning periods of my life was when I was actually working in that lab and there was a guy there, Rodney Manning, who um, had been in the industry for years and years and years and he would set me challenges every week and I would go off and do them and I would bring my work back and they would Pick it to shred, just like pick, 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 (laughs) pick, pick, pick. but really constructively. And he's like, you know, "Mm, try, you know, this, 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 and this, try this, try that, try that. And every week I would go out and do exactly what they told him, come back, like, you know, this eager, like, show with my photos. And he'd go, right, yeah, 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 that's pretty good. Mm. But for three months. And oh my God, I learned so much in that period. So, like, yeah, massive gift. Thank you, Rodney. Amazing. So, um, you know, That's something, never be afraid of constructive criticism because that's how you grow. That's how you grow because if you're going to think that your photography is always going to be amazing and you're always going to look at it as amazing, then it's just going to stay the same forever and it will never improve.
1: Mm, mm, mm. What about people who don't have access to someone like Rodney?
2: Well, there's these, all these amazing forums like Google Plus and, yeah. and uh, Instagram and, and uh, Flickr and, and there's all these great forums that you can join and you can put your photo up and go, what does everyone think? Constructive criticism, please. And they will. they mm. okay, go, mate, you know, black and white, maybe a bit more contrast or have you thought about, you know, what's in the horizon there behind your shot or have you tried this particular software and, and you know, Never before has there been so many opportunities to actually have your work out there and share it and then get some constructive criticism back from best people in the world, other photographers. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's awesome and so inspiring. It's just inspiring enough for me just like, you know, Google, Google Plus is awesome. There's so yeah. many great shots on there. It's fantastic and they're big. They fill the screen. It's amazing. And Instagram, I love it. I haven't quite gotten into Flickr. Um But, you know, those two, it's like how many hours in the day can I spend looking at other photos? (laughs) But it's so awesome just to, like, it's so inspiring to look at other photos. And
1: it is great to get feedback from somebody who you're not close to because I must admit that, you know, I I often hesitate in showing you my photos sometimes because we are such good friends and you're just going to tell me they're great
2: even when they're crap. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I fit into that friends and family. Exactly, because oh, you've oh, never it's said… It's another photo of a cat. I love it. Exactly. It's you've beautiful. never said
1: anything bad about my photos when I know some of them are crap. But anyway, and, you know, I well, thank you for it. That's nice. But um, uh, what else then?
2: So my final point is like love what you do, you know, just love mm. what you do. So waking up every day doing the thing that you love is the greatest feeling in the world, oh, you yes. know. And so yes. being able to make a living out of that is awesome. And mm. that that's like just appreciate that and know that, that and there's a lot of other people that, you know, aren't doing that and you have taken that plunge and are doing that and just you know pat yourself on the back and be really happy and just you know be proud and love it
1: yeah and I I guess to that I would add it doesn't need to be a plunge because as we covered earlier it can be a slow transition so don't feel that it needs to be this big scary thing Never, you know you you can actually make a living from doing what you love it may take some in some cases years to get yes. there because you're doing a stepped approach because the yep. reality is there are responsibilities and yes. mortgages and stuff but it can happen if you actually approach it strategically yeah and make sure you're just doing it in a step-by-step way absolutely agree Jana.
2: and i want to add in there that like you know don't ever feel that like there's people that say you have to have all the gear all at once oh, no, God, no not the case don't I, I disagree that you have to take out a loan to set up a business yeah and i also think that the worst thing anyone can do is buy a business buy a photography business yes
1: let us please expand on that because i was going to ask you that question Uh, go go on then give us your thoughts on whether someone should buy a photography business or not
2: well what are you buying when you're buying a photography business someone else's goodwill and once they're gone it doesn't exist because remember they're not buying your photos they're buying you So you're not in essentially you're buying nothing, you're paying for nothing other than maybe a fit out, a few existing clients that are going to leave anyway. Mm. Build up your own. It's much better, you know. So so forget if anyone has advised you to do that, don't. Run as fast as you can the other way and, you know, forget about the the people that are saying that you must get a loan to get all this gear. Keep your overheads to absolutely... Bare bones for as long as possible. I used to buy new gear as the job, um, as I got a a big job, I'd buy a piece of gear with the money from that job and I would name that piece of gear after the job I did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) right and that's just as a little nod to that person who paid for that year so so i never i never had any leases or loans or anything um Mm. and 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 that worked for me and and i've sort of pretty much stuck to that Mm. keep your overheads at a a bare minimum and you can always hire as you need to and uh you know like we talked about last week with studio space you know while you're getting on your feet hire as you need it as well so so just take it's okay to take it slowly there's no time There's no, you can do it in your own time and and, and ease yourself in comfortably. Mm
1: -mm. All right. All really great advice, Gina. So thank you so much. And thank you to Gary for asking a question. Awesome
2: questions, Gary. What a fantastic name. And it was like, you know, it had nothing to do with your name that we answered you, you know, straight away. Nothing. (laughs) So
1: you have a question would like to give us some feedback then email us news at militia.com. that's g-i-n-a-m for mary ilici mm. com. and you can also visit gina's website at com and uh, get her free ebook on um, shooting portraits so yeah. we'd love to see you uh, on the website or or ping us on social media. Gina yes. is. What, do, what are
2: you on, on social? At media? Gina Militia. At Gina Militia on Instagram, and tag me and show me where you are in the world. Because Valerie and I'm at Valerie Coo as well. Yep. Um, we would love to see where you're listening to the show from and what you're doing while you're listening. And if anyone's at the gym, hello, keep going, keep going. Emily there. Keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you find do want more to...
2: reps, five more reps. You can do it. You can do it.
1: <laughs> and if you do want to take part in the challenge, just ha- uh, which is to take a portrait of something or someone then um do do hashtag Gina challenge so thanks for listening this week and we look forward to chatting to you next week
0: thanks guys thanks for listening to so you want to be a photographer for more information free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer visit ginamilitia.com